back to the Football Link question for an absolutely another huge weekend in the Premier League, in world football, everything, and we're going to get straight into it. Boys, I'm going to kick things off. If you could pick two footballers to have a fight, you know, we were off the back of Deji's boxing match last night at Floyd Mayweather. Big up, Deji. Who'd you pick? See in the ring together. Jordan? You both looked at me at the same time. Going first. So it's, I'm definitely the one going first. So mine is an interesting one. I think there's been this little, there's been this little debate going on for a, for a while between two players and who, who's the better player. Mm. But I think they should have a scrap and just decide it. I'm going, who's better? Xhaka or Bentancur? Okay, all right, Xhaka would destroy him. Xhaka would deck him. How do you know? How yes, you know? he would. Have you seen him? Have you you seen? Ben Tanker's a twig, mate. How he's, you know? not, he's not knocking out Xhaka. Also, ben Tanker, the only player he'd beat up in the Arsenal team is Fabio Vieira. Yeah, if Fabio Vieira was on crutches. Now, no. Mm. Ben Tucker and Xhaka, also back to the other debate. Yeah, Xhaka wipes the floor of him footballing ability-wise and boxing match ability-wise. Anyway, it's a good pick. I like to see opinions it. Here. The only way he beats him up is if he, is he, if he fights the Xhaka which played against Wolves, who clearly was struggling for Milnes and got food poisoning. This, well, like, this is bias here. I'd like, to be fair, I'd like to see Xhaka against Eric Dyer rather than Ben Tucker. Oh, Jack, that'd be a that'd, that'd be, be an intense affair. I, 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 you wouldn't be able to count on your fingers the amount of headbutts in that in that <laughs> altercation. Be a, be a big well, who are you going with? Then? Who am I going with? I want to see, you know, forget rivalries, forget this, the other. Just put two people where it would just be really interesting to see how they how they would fight. So I've got one guy who's pretty short, but is absolutely packed in the Dharma Shore, and one of the tallest men known to mankind. I'm thinking Dan Byrne against Nardama Troy, because how the hell would that work? That is a I weird just think one. it's so insane, you can't picture it in your head. For pure, just scientific reasons, I want to see what would happen. Truly Troy always got him. Troy, in terms of, he's focused all of his muscle down to a small yeah. space, but mate, he's got, Dan Byrne's got reach on him. Right, like, U- UFC, Dan Byrne has him. Boxing, UFC, Dan Byrne's got him. Boxing, Adama's yeah. going to corner him up. I mean, just think about it. I mean, I, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go. Dan Byrne can't. In UFC. Dan, pa- Dan Byrne won't be able like, to get body shots. I'm just thinking, it's too far down. I was thinking <laughs> one big hoof, and he's just kicked Troy in the head. No matter where he is in, in the ring, he's got him. But if he misses, I, th- I think one hit, one hit from Troy and he's got him. Troy just needs the Vaseline on his arms, you know. Vaseline on his arms. Vaseline yeah. on his arms. You can't, you can't grab him, can you? In boxing. But anyway, I'm going with a kind of a, a rivalry or. Um, What's the word for it? Kind of some beef that died down. It's died down now, but it was it was warring a couple of years ago. Joe Gomez versus Raheem Sterling. Do you remember? Do you remember, do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, scraps yeah, in the England training. Yeah, they? in the England yeah. training. Also, I think there was a um, it was a Man City versus Liverpool game as well. I think they they had a scrapping. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, de- I'm definitely going for them too. I think it'd be interesting. I think Joe Gomez would, would wipe the floor with Sterling, but mm-hmm. just something mm-hmm. I'd like, like to, to bring back off again. Really. I mean, if you run like a T-Rex, you will get scrapped. Oh, probably, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, I don't back Sterling. As I said, another huge weekend in the Premier League and some huge implications for the top of the table. Man City played Brentford at home on Saturday and suffered their first home loss of the season to Thomas Frank's Brentford. Ivan Tony with a brace. Ivan Tony, who's not going to the World Cup with a brace against Man City. It was a, nine, it was a very late winner um, from, from the Englishman. A, a, a brilliant performance from him. And uh, yeah, that, that kind of gave Arsenal the advantage later on in the day. I don't know how much more you want to say about Man City versus Brentford, but... Um, it was amazing. We were on the bus up to up to the Crawley match, mm-hmm. and we just you know, we're following it on our on our live scores, and it was yeah. amazing. And it, it was pretty insane because obviously we both we all went to the Crawley <coughs> game in the press box on the weekend, and we knew it was one one. It was in stoppage time. Ten minutes got added on because of the port injury, I believe. And yeah. You know, we were all just sat there, kind of getting ready for the three o'clockers and the one we were working on, and then. Like we just heard a scream and you all just sat there. I ran in instantly. I did not care. I had to see. And I think one of the journalists there was a Brentford fan. He was losing his mind. I just saw the score and went, well, top of league at Christmas. Nice. But it's a great message from Tony because he's had, he, he's had a lot of noise around him in the last week. Uh, despite, you know, potential to go into the England squad. He had all that betting news, which maybe it got in the way. Maybe the mm-hmm. FA don't want that. Maybe that stopped him from getting the squad because in my eyes he had to make the England squad. Despite Callum Wilson's form, he's been better than Wilson. Yeah. Undoubtedly. And you see his first celebration, you know, putting his uh, fingers to his ears, not listening to any of the noise and scoring a brace the ads he had. And as a result, going into the Christmas, the only team with a perfect home record in the Premier League is Arsenal. The only team with 
100% home wins. And, and coming on to Arsenal, Arsenal then had the, cho the chance to go five points clear at the top of the table after Man City's loss. They took that chance as well when Martin Odegaard scored two goals at Molyneux. It was an unreal, uh, not, I don't know about an unreal performance, but it's an unreal position that Arsenal are now in. I mean, as I said, we're top of the league. It's Man City, since the Centurions, this is Man City's best start to the season in a Premier League season since the Centurions. This is also Spurs' best ever Premier League start to the season in their history. Mm. And Arsenal five points clear of Man City top of the table and we're, we're, we're clear of Spurs as well. I mean, it's, it's pretty insane that like, cause it, because of what we're used to, in, ter in terms of what you're used to as well, in terms of the way that football's worked and the way Arsenal are, it doesn't quite, because obviously the Invincibles happened in, in, in our lifetimes. But, and it doesn't feel like we're as good as the Invincibles. And no. yet we're doing much better than the Invincibles were. Like, mm -hmm. e even though, sure, we have lost a game, but it's because we've won nearly every game. And you look at the games which we dropped points in United, we still played quite well. We didn't, like, we put in a performance where we created chances. Southampton, uh, Southampton was probably one of our worst performances of the season. I think two games where we've undoubtedly been poor would be Southampton and Leeds. Those are the only two times where I've gone, actually, we were shocking on the day and didn't like deserve it. a win. Yeah. Or, well, maybe not United, we didn't deserve a win, but like we put in on, the, on a display mm -hmm. and tried to play football. And the fact that we kept that consistency in the way we play, four, 14 games, you know, it's, it's pretty mad. And at the same time, we've done the job in the Europa League and finished top in that group. Even though with our second team, I'd say the football hasn't been the same. I mean, literally, I have to, I feel like pinching myself because I do not believe, I feel like I'm going to wake up and it's 2019. Arteta is he's going to have a very nice World Cup. We I mean, just sit back, relax. We're going to sign from this tournament, Daniel. Who's going to be in a compliment? It is like that. Quickly moving on from Arsenal, though, I, I just wanted to talk about the process. Just uh, throw a, bit, a quick stat out there. <laughs> After 14 games in the 2020-21 season, Arsenal were 15th on 17 points um, and 17 points behind. Uh, not on 17 points, they were 17 points behind the Premier League leaders. Season later, after 14 games, we were fifth and 10 points. Uh, 10 points behind the leaders, God, keep messing up. And this season after 14 games, after this game week just gone, we're five points clear top of the table. We've it's trusted the process and it's paid off. I mean, people, people mocked the phrase, like, trust the process. They're like, oh, I can't hear that again. And um, I've always trusted the process. I've had faith in the process. As soon as we won that FA Cup, I went, do you know what? Arteta knows something. And, he knows that. He and do you know what? He's proved, he, I've, I've, I've been proven right, because this is amazing. Final question on Arsenal. I'm going to go to Jordan first. Are Arsenal actual title contenders? Yeah, Did you, right. Did, right. we're going into Christmas and you're top of the league, that automatically makes you a contender. Whether I think you're going to... Do you think we're going to win? Do I think you're going to win the league? Yeah, yes or no? No. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's just going to be my opinion, isn't it? Isaac, do you think we're going to win the league? <sighs> it's too now, early to say. Last, last, season, we did, we did well. a, last season we did a YouTube video, right? And it was Arsenal v Arsenal. You and me gave our different Arsenal opinions. And you said your question was, are Arsenal going to win the league next in, the ne years. in the next five years? I and I that. went, and you didn't say yes, but I, I went full on yes, because I'm con I went, you've got to go all in or all out. And I was convinced last year with the process, we will, I said we'd challenge in the next three years and we'd win it in the next five. I didn't expect it to be this quick to, to challenge for a title. Are we title contenders? 100%. But I don't, this early in the season, we're not even at the halfway point. Come on, mate, come on, mate. We're not at the halfway point of the season yet, so I can't dedicate no, myself. No, I'm going to say no. A solid prediction. We aren't going to win the league, but I think we're definitely getting, we'll definitely get top two. I think we're going to win the league. Just as there's some other noticeable results over the weekends, I'll just go flash through them really quickly. Liverpool beat Southampton 3 1. Bournemouth beat Everton 3 0. Mm. I'd love to see it. Leicester, uh, Leicester beat West Ham 2 0. Tottenham somehow beat Leeds 4-3. Yeah. I don't even want to touch on it. They're annoying me now. Yeah. Nottingham Forest beat Crystal Palace. Newcastle beat Chelsea. What a result. Joe Willock as well. Joe Willock, what a man. Uh, Aston Villa uh, beat Brighton 2-1 away from home. Unai Emery with his second win. A lot of dodgy decisions in that match, but we've got to move on. We've obviously got one more game left. It's not the biggest fixture of the weekend when we talk about fixtures, but it was Manchester United 2, Fulham 1. Another win under Eric Ten Hag. Jordan, how did it go? Uh, 50-50. Very, very 50-50. Um, obviously, you go 1-0 up. Christian Eriksen at the back of the put, put it in the back of the net. His first goal for the club. Things you'd love to see. Then one Daniel James uh, scored. His first goal for Fulham uh, against Manchester United, the club that really put him in the spotlight. So Perfect. I've, I mean, I've, I've never really disliked Daniel James. It, to be fair, he didn't really celebrate. I mean, he didn't, he didn't do you know the hands up, but he didn't... 
They just do ran to the corner. He, he just, he ran, just corner. ran to the guy who got them assist, and you know that's fair. And <clears throat> I think I think uh, fair play to Daniel James. I've never I've never disliked Daniel James. I, I don't think he he was a major part of our squad, and I don't think he should have been part of the squad. I think he was good off the bench because he's got Chelsea pace. Game. That Chelsea got, game. Do you remember scoring his yeah. debut? Uh, but he's, he's got pace coming off the bench, and that's exactly what he did today. It was one uh, yesterday. It was one of his um, first touches of the ball. Uh, so fair play to him. And then Alejandro Garnacho, the he, he's so in the spotlight at the minute. Uh, he scored the winner in the Europa League uh, not that long ago, and he scored the winner here, 93rd minute, one of the last kicks of the game. Uh, Alejandro Garnacho gets on the score sheet, and. Yeah, wow. Uh, I think he's he's setting himself up to be quite the player, and uh, he's looking very, very good. And it's very reminiscent of another man, which we will get onto uh, later in this episode. But um, someone else that scored in their first season uh, a ninety a uh, ninety plus minute winner against Fulham to make it two one, Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, it's quite reminiscent of him. Uh, in that sense, and then he did the the uh, Messi celebration to to round it off. And he, there's I keep seeing TikToks like, can he? He just can't decide whether or not he wants to do a Ronaldo celebration this week or a Messi one. So well, he's Argentinian and he plays for Man United, so it's very much fifty. He plays with one of them, and he uh, and obviously he must idolise Messi. Uh, there is an interesting stat that I found though. Um, at the age of 18 and 135 days, Garnacho is the youngest player to score a 90th minute winner in the Premier League since. You've just looked at my, I've my laptop. Seen it. Any guesses on who? Um, a 90th winner. minute winner in the Premier League. What, 18 years old? Um, I, shall I tell him the year? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, he's the youngest player to score a 90th minute winner in the Premier League since a certain man. No, I don't know. Uh, at the age of 17, in 2009. Right. Great Martin Tyler commentary. No, I can't think. Federico Makeda. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Let's yeah. hope that he's not like Federico Makeda. In that he lives off that goal for like, the rest <laughs> yeah. of his tenure at Man um, And there you go. But there is another player that I wanted to um, bring up, and that's Bruno Fernandes. I think he's been really like, underappreciated over the past few seasons. And it was his hundredth of appearance in that game. And since his debut, he's fourth on goals, uh, fourth most goals in the Premier League since his debut, uh, second in assists, Second in chances created and first in passes in the final third. I think he's really, really been. I think he's quite disrespected, to be perfectly honest, in the in the Premier League. And I don't think um, people are talking about him as um, a good a good player like they they should. Because I think he's been. I think he's been very, very much underappreciated um, in the Man United squad. <laughs> Hey, you! Yeah? Yes, you! H how did you get in my house? Do you like YouTube? Yeah. Sometimes find it a bit dull? No, I love YouTube. Then you should subscribe to the Football in Question YouTube channel! Why? They've got podcast clips, original content, and also they have your family hostage! What? Like I said, subscribe now! If you want to see your family again, subscribe now! Mum? Last night, the news broke that Cristiano Ronaldo sat down with legendary journalist Piers Morgan. Is it some, a, a lot of statements have been made. Obviously, Cristiano Ronaldo has been struggling under Manchester United recently. He tried to move in the summer after, you know, potentially Man United didn't get into the Europa League. Maybe that's why he wanted to leave. Since then, Eric Ten Hag, it seems, has been trying to phase him out of the squad and he's been limited to game time. And Ronaldo has... Un, I think uncharacteristically, you'd like to think it was uncharacteristic, it's come out and said that Manchester United have betrayed him. He slammed the manager, he said he doesn't respect Ten Hag because Ten Hag doesn't respect him. He said that Manchester United have stopped in time since Sir Alex Ferguson left. The technology is the same, the infrastructure is the same. The gym, the kitchen, the chefs, chefs although they're lovely persons, and, <laughs> and, and, and so much more. It's, I think it is the most groundbreaking interview that we've ever seen come out of the Premier League mid-season. Football. In football. It's unreal. It's a bit of a shame, but first of all, Jordan, as, a, as our Manchester United correspondent, what were your first reactions? My first reaction to the story break, breaking was, um, firstly, uh, is it actually true? Because I hadn't seen anything. I was literally sitting there playing FIFA, and I, I texted you, didn't I? I texted. I found out before. You that. found out before that. Okay. Uh, I was sitting next to Charlie, uh, our housemate, and 
Um, he turns around to me and goes, have you seen this Ronaldo stuff? And I go, no. He goes, well, I'm on Twitter and everything's coming out about him. And I thought, there's, there's no way this is true. And then obviously uh, I heard some of the quotes, I saw some of the videos. And again, my instant reaction was, um, I, why, for one, and for two, um, instantly I thought, okay, he, needs to, he definitely needs to go. And uh, I'm going to stand by that. I do think he needs to go. I think his time's up. I think um, his contract will be terminated at the club because of some of the stuff he said, um, not just about the manager, uh, not just about, just about the club in general. Um, but at the same time, I, I've had a bit of time to think about it. And I think, I do think that he does love the club. I think he really appreciates the club and wants the club to do well. But I think he's gone about it in the complete wrong way. Does he respect the club, though, with an interview like that? And then does that mean he actually um, loves the club? I, th I think he does love the club. Or does, he, or does he love what the club stood for 10 years ago? Does he love the success? No, I, brought, I think he loves the club because without the club, without Manchester United, um, I, obviously Ronaldo would have broke through somewhere in you, some way. You gave but him the platform. We, yeah, exactly. Well, he said uh, there, was, there was a quote that came out this well, that I saw this morning in 2009 after he'd won numerous titles in Manchester United. He, he thanked them for everything that he was at that point in his career because they had built him up. Yeah. Fast forward to now, and he's slating Manchester United for, for being stuck in time. And but even you look at like Sir Alex Ferguson is a father figure for him. Yeah. He is a father figure for him. And um, like you even look back to like the Euros a couple of years ago, um, where they they just won it, and Ronaldo is one of one of the first people Ronaldo goes to after the game and after getting given his medal and his tro and lifting the trophy is Sir Alex Ferguson. And I think he does have a lot of love for the club. Um, are you, and he are wants you back him, to are you well. backing Ronaldo then? Like, are you no, on your side? No. Uh, but I don't, I don't think without seeing the whole interview we can make sides because there is a lot of stuff in there that I agree with and I think there's a lot of stuff in there where he's, he's, done, he's, done, he's said the issues. I don't agree what he's, with what he said about Ten Hag. I don't agree with what he said about the, just the managerial situation. Um, but at the same time, He's called out the executives of the club. Um, he's, he's basically called out the Glazers. And as someone that is Glazers out, and I want the Glazers out of my club, I, th I think fair enough in, in that sense. But at the same time, I do think he's, it's, he, sh he should never play for the club again um, on the pure fact that he shouldn't be coming out and saying the stuff he did about Eric Ten Hag. Isaac, do you think Ronaldo's going to tarnish his legacy at Manchester United? It's a bit, it's a bit tough because, like, on the one hand, seeing from Jordan's perspective, a lot of the stuff he said about the way the clubs run, I mean, the, I've, I mean, I, I talked to you and I talked to a ton of United fans, agree with that and aren't happy with the way the clubs run. And for him to outwardly say that, whether he stays or goes, maybe, might accelerate, you know, the, you know. The process of maybe the Glazers leaving because it puts a ton, it, it puts the the spotlight on them as well because it's outwardly basically saying the clubs run poorly and for someone of his stature to say that out loud on in the press is is, is mad but I think in football it, one thing you don't do is outwardly go in the press and talk about the people who are paying your wages in a certain light and talk about your boss in a certain light. It's disrespectful. It's very disrespectful. If we think, flash back a year and, and think about what we talked about with, with the Lukaku interview, you know, it's just, you don't, some things you keep in-house and you should respect your employers. And he's saying all this while he's, while he's being paid by the highest wages at Man United. I think it's heavily disrespectful and he should have his contract terminated because it's wrong. Imagine if Aubameyang did the exact same interview he's while he was being mistreated at Arsenal. Because obviously he thinks he's being mistreated Ronaldo, but because we don't have the full story, we only have his side. Is Ten Hag going to come out and give an interview? No, he's going to keep everything in house and keep it respectful. Yeah, because that and that's the kind of persona that he's. And it, so if far. you watched All or Nothing, if you compare it to the Bayern situation, which is very similar, highest paid player at the club, you know, high profile, you know, Arteta said on All or Nothing, I'm not going to say my piece, but if they come at me again for it, I have a dossier of everything he's done wrong, and Ten Hag's going to hold back, try and be respectful. 
but I'm sure he probably has some things to say or maybe the way Ronaldo's behaved, obviously the walking off the pitch and everything. Th those are disrespectful things, which... When you're supposed to be the leader and role model for, yeah. for younger players at that I point. mean, yeah, if you're a young player watching a player like that, that, this is not how footballers should behave. You should, it doesn't promote, he talks about respect, it doesn't promote respect. No. I, it promotes, it's selfish. I think he's acting like a child. It, yeah, for, for a 37-year-old, you know, veteran of the game, that is poor behaviour in my opinion. I do respect Ronaldo, I respect his career, but I don't respect how he's gone about this in the slightest. I think it's, it's just like it's so disrespectful, and if it was a player at my club, I'd be livid. I think I think at the same time, you have to look at last season, for example, and the amount there was leaks every single week coming out of Man United. We right. don't know who it was from, but there was leaks every single week. Whether it was this player doesn't like this player, this the manager doesn't like this player. We're they're trying to get us out of the club. All of these leaks over and over again coming out of the club. This interview was done in August. Can can we just like? say that because it's a fact this interview the Ronaldo tweeted uh, in August I've just done an interview and it's going to reveal all the information he he said that this is so this is confirmed that this this interview you've is got, the one from got, August you've yeah. got to say like the the timing of the release he's clearly tried to do it cleverly he's gone right United play their final game before the World Cup let's release this because there's no football to distract from it mm -hmm. there's no Man United games to distract from this the only Man United news for the next month will be the out like the outcome of this, and he's planned that. And he gives Ronaldo a time. lot of time to make a move. To make a move, because basically what he's done is he's made an advert for himself in the shop window, and he filmed it in August. I feel like as soon as he realised he wasn't going, he went right. I think that mate doesn't make it even worse. It, it, it makes it even worse. It makes it even worse, and I do not respect him as a professional footballer anymore. I don't respect him because he's not. A, we call, talk about him as a model professional. He's not. On the pitch, maybe. Off the pitch, he's not a model professional and kids shouldn't look up to him. In the same way I'd say Maradona's a great footballer, but personality-wise I wouldn't follow him as a model professional. And it's a shame that he's a role model and kids will look up to him and it's a massive shame because I think he's let a lot of his fans down. It's, it's poor behaviour by such a huge role model in the world and I mean, it's just massively childish. I, I can see you looking a little bit, um, don't take this wrong way, like, frustrated, go on, Jordan, oh, yeah. what are you trying to say? Um, I think we need to go back to the Ten Hag stuff because let, let's, I don't, I want to know where, obviously we don't know and we're going to know. I don't know where it's broke down between Ten Hag and Ronaldo. Because Ten Hag came into the club, wanted Ronaldo to be there, said in constant interviews, Ronaldo is a big part of the squad. Mm. And then all of a sudden, in, it must have been June, July if, for pre-season. But apparently Ronaldo's saying that um, the reason he wasn't at pre-season was because his daughter was ill yeah. and in hospital. Obviously, we we don't know, like we don't know the what the exact details of that. We don't. But know. We, we, the thing is, it's just it's frustrating that we don't know, and we're not going to know until Wednesday or Thursday anything about this. But like, I don't I don't think it. I ju I don't really know what to think about it really because on one hand you're right and it's bad on a professional basis like he shouldn't be coming out and saying the stuff that he's saying. But on the other hand, um, you know, he's exposing the club. And I, I think back to Ranić. Um, what he said about Ranić coming in is 100% a fact. Well, I've said it before. He's come in, he's, he's not an out-and-out -out coach. He's not, but he's come in to coach the club to the end of the season and take over in an in a executive role. And that didn't happen. Why has that not happened? But Why when, did that but, not happen? Wait, so are you agreeing with Ronaldo as in that? They shouldn't have chose Ralph as, as the as the manager because he's, he's, no, he's come I mean, out and said that you know he's not a coach. He's he's, yeah. he's barely a coach and he shouldn't have been managing Manchester United. Do you agree with that? I think he should have come in in the executive level, and I think he w was good for the club um, off the pitch. I think I think it was right to choose an interim at that time. But when Rangnick came in, I remember you were quite excited about it, and I remember I was, a, yeah. a lot of Manchester United fans were as well. But now, yeah, it's, now, it's, now it's kind of, you know, we're seeing this, that because Ronaldo claiming everyone in the world wasn't happy with Ronaldo. But because the development of, for the development of the club and the development of the players, Ranić um, on the pitch, it looked like an exciting prospect. But off the, off the pitch, it looked like even more of an exciting prospect because we didn't have that executive figure. And the, we spoke about it before, Ranić getting, getting laid off and just like 
oh, you've done the season. We're not actually, we don't actually want you anymore. That's a disgrace. And we spoke about that before. I mean, I remember talking to you throughout last season and when results started to go a bit bad and Ronick, you were like, at the end of the day, he's here just to keep the games ticking. Exactly. And, you know, he's got that position laid for him because what United do miss is you don't have, like Ronaldo said, I mean, the thing is, I've agreed with some of the things he said, but it's the fact that he's said them in this way behind the club's back. Because the thing is, Man United are a very press-heavy PR club. There's no way in hell they knew this interview was coming out last night. They did not. They oh, were yeah, not aware. And he's, so he's done this interview behind the club's back, released it behind the club's back. And plan, plan, he's been planning this for months. And he's been planning it for months. Every time he's not played, he's been thinking, OK, fine, I've got the, I've got the interview coming out. I've got the interview coming out. And, you know. It's kind of like he's been trying to build this massive story. You know, it, it kind of, I didn't know that it was filmed a couple of months ago. I think August. that makes it, makes it even more outrageous. And uh, this might seem obvious, but is, Man- is Ronaldo going to play for Manchester United again? No, no there's no... If, the, his contract is being terminated. If he, play, if he plays another minute for Man United, it is a travesty of football. Because if, if football's not the sport, I think it is if, Man- if he plays another minute. Man- it, I mean, Man United is run so poorly, I wouldn't, no, be, sur- I wouldn't be surprised. But Ten Hag, if he's the manager, I think he is. Uh, does not play him again. And if Ten Hag is the manager, I think he is, he is fighting every single minute of that World Cup to terminate his contract before United play another game. And I think he will be, because I think Ten Hag's that sort of manager. If he has a he's, co- that sort of, it, he's that sort of guy. It, it, tell you what, if Ronaldo's going to time his actions well, United should uh, time their actions well. Wait for Portugal to get knocked out and terminate his contract the day it happens. <laughs> so he comes back on a plane to Manchester and has to buy another plane to wherever he's signing for. Fair play. I rate that. If the United, if the United board have any bottle... Do that. Uh, but the thing is, the United board don't have any bottles. They don't have any bottles. And that's, and that's the, the core does. problem. Ten Hag does. Ten Hag does. It's not, it's not entirely Ten Hag, I think, I is see. of the Arteta mould where he wants, you know, if he's not getting it run his way, he doesn't want it that way. And he's here to rebuild your club. Everything, people should be following his order and his way. And I, I can, I, I I can't can see ha- Ten Hag... I, Building up a Manchester United similar to how Sir Alex Ferguson did, where he had full control over everything. He, he and I think there, there'll be a shift in the model because maybe that's the problem. No, he needs, maybe it's too delegated to everyone else. Well, he maybe needs, he needs a man alongside him, like like what like a Rennie. He needs someone like a director of football to work alongside because it literally is just him and then delegating to the board. I'm not, I'm not being funny, but the, r- Ten Hag will never get full control and that's the unless the Glazers. Isn't gone. that the problem? Because I mean, unless the, the Glazers. Sir Alex Ferguson had full control and then he left and responsibilities got delegated to all, all over the place at multiple different positions as football evolved into this constantly new, you know, different department uh, kind of, you know, sport. But then surely maybe th- let's focus back to what was good. We had one man managing everything and everything was under the same philosophy. Let's give full power to Ten Hag. Isn't that the answer? You, you're ignoring the, the Glazer effect because right. the, gla- the Glazers don't want that. The Glazers want full powered themselves. They want control of the finances. They, they want control of their money. We're, we're so in debt right now. You, you, the overriding thing coming out of this interview for me um, is one, Ronaldo needs to go. And two, the Glazers need to go. Because the Glazers, honestly, they're running the club into the ground. Re- they really, really are. The Glazers are worse than the Cronkays by a country mile. We're so in debt, like, it's unbelievable how much debt we're in. They're taking money out of the club and not putting anything back into the club. Everything Manchester United do is from the money that Manchester United make. Nothing's going in. There's no money being pushed into the club. It, the, we're, we're never, the Glazers want this massive pedestal that, to be on where they are the best thing to happen to the club ever. They're the best. They're the best owners, they're the best this, they're the best that, but they never will be because of what they do. It's, it's, what they do is disgraceful and they are the reason the club is running into the ground. And because they want that pedestal to be on, they can never give control to anyone else. So uh, until the club is sold, Ten Hag won't get the, the power that he might want. Ten Hag won't get the signings he might want. Ten Hag won't get this. Ten Hag won't get that, and the Glazers just need to go. And that, and you know what? There's one thing that I am thankful that Ronaldo has done in this interview. The same as I'm thankful for Ranić being at the club because he's exposed the back room as being like a disaster. He's he's sat there and he's gone. He said a lot of bad things, 
and I can't respect that from him. But at the same time, he's gone. The executives don't want, want me there. They they're trying to push for me to go. They they were pushing me for me to go last season. That's nothing to do with Ten Hag. That's that is the people behind the scenes pushing for Ronaldo to leave. Do you and know that Ronaldo as well? It's Ten Hag as, as now as well though, because he's not inside. Yeah, but you know, I, I'm I'm purely taking from this interview. Um, one of the main things I'm taking out of this interview is the the fact that the backrooms like. He didn't. He didn't say nothing's changed since Alex Ferguson left. He said nothing changed since I left. So we're going back even further. To what? Two thousand nine. Yeah, we're going back to two thousand and nine and seeing that all, everything is the, the same. The infrastructure. The, the infrastructure of the club. The tech. The, the, fa the, the fact that he said the technology of the club is the same is a massive disappointment for a club with that much finance, financial power. And we, we spoke about it on the way here. I, like. He said, like, Manchester United, um, when you think of Manchester United, I'm, I'm not being funny, you're thinking of the titles, you're thinking of being on top of England, realistically. That, that is a fact. Like, the fact that we are not there anymore is disgraceful from the club's point of view. It's not disgraceful. Okay. Okay, yeah. From the club's point of view, it is disgraceful that we are not at that level and that we've been declining for so many years. Like... I, got, I can't see us, without, it's just, uh, without the Glazers leaving, I can't see us pushing any further than we are, and we're just going to keep declining and keep going down. We're never going to be in a red, a, you know what, I'm going to put it out there. I think, without the Glazers leaving, Manchester United could go into administration, because it is that serious. I and it is that serious. It, it is. I, I, think, I think it is. Um, and I, I think there is a, a further debate to have, be, be had with the Glazers and how they shouldn't be at Manchester United. But right now, I think that the, 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 the light is on Ronaldo at the moment. And, oh, yeah, and, of course. And, he, and what he's done to the club at the and moment. I can't wait to see the statement that the club make because realistically, the club should make a statement today. They should. I think Ten Hag should it, make a statement. I mean, Ten he'll, it, he'll make a statement in the press conference, but he will say, I don't really want to talk about it here. Because that's the that is Ten Hag. I think Ten Hag. If he, Ten, Ten Hag doesn't have to say something now, the club, the club have to make an official statement, obviously today. And I think right now they'll be, probably be in a board meeting as we speak, planning. What do we say? Do we terminate it now? Do we give it a few days? I don't think they need to terminate it this morning, but they need to say something. They need to. We, they need to say, all the statement needs to say is we are aware of the Ronaldo interview. We will be looking into it and be he making should, further action. He should be suspended now. One hundred percent. At least, what they need to do is suspend him and say further action will be taken. Goodbye. Ten Hag doesn't need to make full, a full statement. You know, yeah, I mean, I feel sorry for Ten Hag because he's been faced with this massive issue in his first season. It is very much a fight or flight scenario for his tenure at Man United because he's been putting. The, he's been someone's chucked this on his plate and he's he's going to have to deal with it as manager. But well, this will be a big test, won't it? And it's it a massive might, test. It might actually shape the way. It might prove how good of a manager. I mean, earlier I compared it to the Arteta situation, and it's generally so similar in that you know, you come into a big club suffering, trying to get back to where they are, and you've got a player, and it's a it's a test of managerial power. How much power does he have at the club? Arteta was given that power, and since then hasn't looked back. We'll come and back. I won't be given that power, and he should be. No, yeah, no, I, it, well, that's exactly what I agree with. I don't think he will, but I think he should be if you want to be, become successful again. But just coming back to Arsenal and how, how similar it is, I'm going to finish on this final tweet that, uh, from Charles Watts, Arsenal journalist. Yeah, yeah, no, He said, there's something quite satisfying about seeing an ageing, overpaid player going for a bitter breakup with a club and it not involving Arsenal. <laughs>
Uh, so there was no home advantage. In fact, it was home advantage for both teams. Who wore the away kit? Surely the B team. The B team wore the away kit. Uh, it would have been funny if, they, if the B team got drawn to the home side. Um, uh, <laughs> at half-time, the score was 4-0 to Real Madrid's first team, and it ended 6-1 to Real Madrid's Ooh, first team. The kids, whoever scored that goal definitely got promoted to the first team of the season later. But you know what? Uh, it was, you know, the guy that scored doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Oh, poor bloke. He just... Gone. But, he, scored, um, he scored in the cup final. But just this is the exclusive Jordan's Fact of the Week special here because I'm giving you another little fact to add on to that. Because did you know the following season the B team actually played in the Euro European Cup Winners' Cup and they are the only B team to ever play in that competition. Very nice, very good. Yeah. Very why, didn't the, why, didn't very the, much, why didn't the first team play in the Cup Winners' Cup? Wait, could you not play in the Cup Winners' Cup and Champions League? I, I don't really know, but... I mean, it's an extra addition. But that's John's fact. Yeah, yeah. Come back to the podcast that I was trying to run. Uh, who, obviously, all the squads have just been announced for the upcoming World Cup. Yeah. Start, it's not starting next Monday. It's starting this Sunday. England kick off against Iran this time next week. Um, yeah, we've got about 50 minutes and fifty minutes week, in one week. A week yeah. and... A, yeah, and a week and a bit. A week and 50 minutes until England kick The lineups will be out this time in a week. England squad was announced on Thursday. A lot of big players in there. A lot of players missed out as well. Was, uh, you know, a lot of arguments going on as usual. But, lads, my question to you is, who is the biggest shock of a player that hasn't been called up for their country that's going to the World Cup? And I think I'm going to say... We're going to wipe out England. Yeah. We're not going yeah, to go yeah. with English players because I mean we've got, you know, okay, I know Tony didn't go. If you want to look, you know, Jordan did his live stream last yes. week, and you can go back on that. Maybe fast forward to the bit where the lineups do get announced <laughs> and see how he reacted. I make a little bit of a cameo, even if he wasn't willing for me to be there anyway. I did kind of jump in, yeah, but, just yeah. ruin the stream and ruin the stream. But yeah, to kick things off, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go with. Um, the fact that Thiago didn't make the Spain squad, which I think is just unreal. It's insane, uh, really. And it's just it's the mid midfielders that, that he didn't get in over. Um, Sergio Busquets, Rodri, Xavi. I mean, I think they should all be in there. But mm. Koke and I mean, I mean, Koke is enough for me to, to start the argument because I think Atletico have been poor this season. Sure, you can say it about Llorente, but he f he fills a different role Absolutely. to Thiago. But Koke is not really. It's just it's the fact yeah. that Thiago didn't go over Koke, Pedri, Llorente, Carlos Sola. Xavi, Rodri and Sergio Busquets. I'm not, not too clued up on the Liga stats for Spanish Sol midfielders. I mean, Soler's not La Liga. He's playing in Liga right, for PSG. Right, of course. And I don't know. Did Fabian make it in? No. No, he didn't make it in, did he? And he, he's been performing well in Serie A for years, obviously, as well, made the move to PSG. But I think Koke, I've had to come with have been poor this season. And, you know, sure. Unreal. Uh, it's just a bit weird because if he's calling up Koke because he's been in the Spain squad for a while, then why don't you also call up Thiago? Because he's, in terms of the ability he has, he's, he's insane. And... I don't think he gets in over Pedri because Pedri has been so insane. Yeah, Pedri is a must in that squad. Pedri starts. You know, Busquets, Urente, Rodri—they're all musts in that squad. Busquets has to go in pure experience alone. I don't know if he'll start, but oh, having yeah. him in that dressing room is so crucial because he won the Euros twice and he won that World Cup. He was at part of that uh, that eight-year stint, or oh, not eight-year stint, four-year stint rather. But. He has to make the Scottish yeah, yeah, I absolutely said my argument for me. Thiago is in there. Isaac, are you going with? With my player, I just feel, I don't think it's a shock they haven't made the squad. I just feel that, personally, on my thoughts of their ability, they have to make the squad because I think they've had a good season despite what people have maybe potentially been saying about them. And that's Gabriel Magalhaes, I think. Looking at their squad, I just find it surprising that you know a defence which has Danny Alves in it doesn't have Gabriel Magalhaes yeah, in it. Yeah, that's unreal. Um, which is a bit funny when you think Emerson Royale hasn't got in over an ageing <coughs> Danny Alves. But we'll move on. I think you look at you know I don't think he gets an over Thiago Silva. Obviously, he has to be their big figure in that dressing room. Uh, Marquinhos doesn't get in over him. Um, I think he's better than Eden Militao. I'm going to put my neck on the really? line. Really? I think Gabriel Magalhaes is better than Eden Militao. I think if you chuck Militao in the Premier League, he gets found out. I yeah. don't rate defending in in, in La Liga. I think defending is an art which is not in that country. Well, when you look uh, at when you look at the other defenders on, on, on that Brazil squad, you know Dani Alves, Danilo, Alex Telles, Alexandro, they've all got to go because they're fullbacks. And then it comes down to you know Militao and Bremer. Does he get over Bremer? I think he 100% gets in over Bremer, 100%. I mean Juventus have been in turmoil yeah. this season. Gabriel is in a team which is five points clear at the top of the Premier League, yeah. and Can he's five points, points clear at the top of the Premier League. And he's not only just been in that team, he's started every game. And I know people will say he's made one or two mistakes, and I think that happens. He's not an experienced 30-year-old centre-back. He is, what, 25, uh, 26? And he's been a key player for Arsenal ever since he came. 
And I think the fact that they brought in Saliba, I think puts a bit more pressure on him. Mm -hmm. Because it they're does. very different players, you know, they make very different mistakes. Saliba's mistakes usually, maybe sometimes it's communication, whereas Gabriel sometimes isn't the ball-playing technical player that Saliba is. And is but it, to put it bluntly, Saliba is better than Gabriel. Yeah, Saliba is a better footballer <laughs> than Gabriel, I'll, I'll admit it 100%. And he's gone to the World Cup, deservedly so. Uh, but with Gabriel Magalhaes, I just think the fact that he's not made it is incredibly harsh. And I feel really sorry for him. And, you know, it happened, and obviously... It happened, the news came out just after he scored the winner at Stamford Bridge, which I think must have, he must have felt gutted because he came off from such a high and then came plummeting down. And it made it even worse that Sky, that I think Soccer AM or one of the Sky Sports shows, um, uh, they did an interview with uh, Jesus and Martinelli. They were like, well, you're the Brazil representative of Arsenal. What are you thinking? I'm thinking, Gabriel's in the back room of that going, I should be in that studio right now. I bet he walks in with them and says, no, mate. No, 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 no. <laughs> Yeah, we don't need Cop, um, you know, Cop America, yeah, like, but Jordan, who you going with? Uh, I'm really 50-50 on who I want to go with because I've got two players in mind. I need an answer. Um, I'll, you'll get an answer, don't you worry about that. Um, but I've got, I've got two players in mind, so I'm, I'm going to say both of them. The first one uh, is David De Gea in the Spanish squad. Ooh. I think David De Gea, uh, he, I think he deserves to, yeah. I would argue that he does deserve to be there. And he, he has been one of Manchester United's better players in recent years, so I think he deserves to be there. And the other one uh, is Renato Sanchez. Um, in, in the Euros, was a uh, young player of the tournament. Obviously, in, in league football, uh, he hasn't really done too much. But last season, for example, he had a massive season at Lille. Uh, had a great season, got his move to PSG as well. Um, and he he hasn't he started ten games this season. Well, that's the thing about a lot of these PSG midfielders that they're kind of getting come put to the sidelines. Obviously, I think I think Renato Sanchez is a good shout, but I am going to go for David de Gea. Yeah, I think that's um, true. David de Gea, I think his downfall this season is the amount of goals he's conceded. And he's conceded twenty goals this season. But um, I mean, you would you could argue that um, the defensively, uh, David Raya. Has is, is it's a little bit harder to concede um, less goals for him, uh, but he, he's conceded what 25 goals this season. Um, I think De Gea shops, uh, stop the shot stopping wise is one of the best in in the world shot stopping wise. Yeah. Um, he does he does have um, he's he's not the perfect all round player. Obviously, I know some people, including Isaac. A lot yeah. has a lot of criticism for his uh, distribution, but even then, his distribution has massively improved this season. He's not made as many. Yeah, he's not made as many mistakes. He, he's, he hasn't made many mistakes and errors. I think he was one of Manchester United's better players last season. He's one of Manchester United's better players this season, and I think it's, it's quite harsh that he's not at least going, especially um, especially as a leader type player. Yeah. Obviously, I said in the live stream about players like Jordan Henderson. Connor Cody in the England squad. It's good to have those leaders, even if they're not going to start. And I think David De Gea is one of those leaders. Um, I mean, the thing is, in, in the squad, it's a position. Uh, unlike centre back and mid, unlike defensive midfield and attack, where you almost want people who will play. And that's why people have issues with the likes of Cody going. They're like, they're not going to play. But I understand the idea that you need certain personalities in the squad. With goalkeeper, it's almost a formality that you've got to bring three, and two of them won't play. Mm -hmm. And if they're not going to play, maybe bring one who, but. You know, sometimes you need that little extra thing. And the fact that he's not gone, even though he's a goalkeeper, which has been with the Spain squad for a long time, you know, he's, you know, got a, he's got an old head on, on, on his shoulders where he can, you know, be wise and help the squad. You know, there's a lot of young players in there. And instead, you know, Enrique's gone with, with what is it, uh, Raya Sanchez and Unai Simon. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think uh, it's just if, if you take out... Let's say you take out David Raya, or you take out Rob Sanchez, or you take some Simon out. Um, I think David De Gea is a goalkeeper that can benefit the other goalkeepers in the squad as well because yeah. they're, they're not old goalkeepers, are they? They're, they're still. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not entirely sure how old um, someone is, but I know Sanchez and Raya are quite young for goalkeepers, mm. um, and I think that David De Gea can can help them, and I think David De Gea. Could arguably start like, like let's let's not. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying David Haya should go just to n not play, because he very easily could start for Spain. I'll be honest. I mean, right. I know, but he at least should be 
you know, yeah. as, as, a, as a kind of mentor, that's the bare minimum he deserves. I'll be honest, there was a period where David Taylor was the best goalkeeper in the world. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, he is still kind of, you know, last season he didn't perform the greatest, but this season he's starting to show signs of what he, what he was in the past. It doesn't feel like it's a footballing decision. It very much feels like Enrique's just gone, yeah, you're not going to call up for Spain anymore. I'm going to stick with my three young keepers mm. and develop them all together. And it's hard to disagree with a decision like that because you can understand his reasoning in that I'm going to bring in this new team and develop them together. But at the same time, I do They're think you need David De Gea there. You're only there for a month. You want to win that tournament. And sure, uh, like, I mean, I've had my opinions. You explain them. I don't think he's the best distributor in terms of being a goalkeeper, which is the new modern way, which obviously is what these goalkeepers are going to be, you know, more with. Sanchez does try and play the ball, so does David Ryan. But I think he's better than all three of those goalkeepers, 100%. Look, there's, there's clear things up, obviously, you know, I've gone with Thiago, I've just gone with... Uh, Gabriel, Gabriel Magalesh. Uh, you can never pronounce it, can you? Magalesh. Magalesh. And Jordan's gone with David Gea. Despite your lack of research and, and, and preparation coming into this, you're a little bit nervous you're not going to pull off this debate. I actually think you've won it. I actually don't... I th looking at... Let's, let's come back to mine. Looking at Spain's midfield. All right, Thiago should be in there, but they're going to be all right. Spain's midfield is going to be OK. Right? Yeah. Brazil, likewise. Marquinhos and Thiago Silva are going to have that. I mean, Gabriel's... Well, I argue Gabriel should get in, but he's getting in over... You know, the weakest maybe Militao, maybe Bremer, yeah. and those players aren't starting. Yeah. So David De Gea has just been displaced by, by three Rob Sanchez, Raya, and Unai Simeon. It's, it's, it's strange. Three players who I'd argue he's, he's better than all. I of them. think he's and, better than them. And I think David De Gea, in in a situation where you need to, if you need to throw him in, he's a game winner. Yeah. He's not. He's not. Obviously, he's not going to score if, the goal know, to win the game. It, the thing is, if you stop the goals, it's like he's one of the best. Uh, Short shot stoppers. stopper. I mean, I can't say distribution it. is an attacking issue, and sometimes it. The reason I don't like it is because I think it, in the modern game it cuts the flow of the game if your goalkeeper's not quite at it. But if you've got your backs to the wall and you're hanging on, which is what knockout football is all about, you know, you might just get that one goal lead, and Spain might be clinging on the last minutes to get to the next round. You need someone like De Gea who's got all the stops out and is going to not let that ball go in in the net at, any, at any cost. And that's something which I don't think Sanchez or Raya or Simon have in their locker. I don't think not, not as much. They're not as because De Gea. It's not that they're not good goalkeepers. It's that De Gea, at his best, is one of the best goalkeepers we've ever seen, mm. and it's massively disrespectful. Well, well, there we go, guys. Our biggest shock for a player that's not going to the World Cup or hasn't been called up for a country going to the World Cup is David De Gea. John wins, and I, I can't. I can't dispute that. Obviously, we're just a week, well, less than a week away from Qatar 2022, the next World Cup. And I think oh, a lot of attention surrounded Ronaldo this week, but I think it should also surround Messi. This could be Ronaldo and Messi's last ever World Cup in their career. They've both been at numerous competitions. I think it's four they've both been at. So this quiz is all about Messi and Ronaldo. Okay. Good luck, boys. We've got buzzers, Isaac. Bang. I'll take, I'll take ding. You'll take ding. Obviously, I'm a bit uncomfortable. I feel like I'm going to screw up my buzzer because I always do ding, and I'm going to say it by accident 100% in this quiz. Just, just firm it. Just got a firm bang, haven't I? Question one. Ronaldo and Messi have played against each other on many occasions, but in which game did they play their first match against each other? Bang. Uh, Barcelona versus Man United, Champions, uh, uh, Champions League final 2011. He's incorrect. Jordan? Um, I'm going to go... I, th I think it was Portugal, Argentina. Oh, no, no, it's not 2011. No, it was 2009. I'm an idiot. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, God, I, I don't know why. I need, I the, game. The, I I need the specific game. I got the kits mixed up. I don't know. Right. Uh, I, think, I think that it was uh, Portugal versus Argentina. And I think it was at some point <laughs> in the year 2005. Unbelievably. That's incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You're actually forgetting a big game. The fact, that you were, the fact that you were nodding at him the whole time was a bit, because you'd given him, you went, right fixture, come on. Like, <laughs> it was a 2007-2008 Champions League semi-final, Manchester United versus Barcelona. Paul Scholes scored. I Manchester United went earlier than that. No, Manchester United went through to the final and of beat course Chelsea. You, oh yeah, of course, Barcelona. Well, it was it's earlier than 2011. Then. Jesus, right. So, no, <laughs> the thing is, I said that. No, I said that. And then I think, do you know why I said 2011? Because in my head, I was thinking of Barcelona as kit. And I was like, time to and I, was like I swear they knocked Arsenal out in we that season. That we don't have time to justify the incorrectness. Well, look, he, it, I know, it, it was a dumb moment. We I know Ronaldo left Man United in 2009. Give him all the stick you want. Question mm. two. 
Messi and Ronaldo first got into the top three places at the Ballon d'Or in 2007. Neither of them won the award. Who won that 2007 Ballon d'Or? Bang, Kaka. It's yeah. correct. One nil <laughs> to Isaac. A very in nice my head, as soon as you saw the Ballon d'Or, I'm like, I, I feel like it's going to go in this direction. A very nice. Let's be patient. Nice. If, I, if I said bang at the start of that question and went Kaka and I had pie on my face, I'd have been an idiot. But A very nice swift, swift yeah. answer yeah. from Isaac there. Question three. This gets a bit little complicated, but just bear with me. If you listen, if you listen well, you, you understand it. It's from 2007 until 2021, Messi and Ronaldo both got into the top three of the Ballon d'Or on 11 occasions together. Okay, there were occasions where Messi just got in it and Ronaldo just got in it. But there was 11 times when Messi and Ronaldo were both in that top three until 2021. I'm going to give away a point for every oh other God. player you can name that got into those top three spots the same time that Messi and Ronaldo both did, aside from Kaka. I hate these questions. Bang, Ribery, bang, Xavi, bang, Iniesta, bang, Modric. Slow down, slow down. I can't even get in. Slow down, slow down. Modric is incorrect. I can't even but get in. Fabri, no, no, Ribery, Ribery Iniesta and Xavi is, is correct. He's doing well so far. There's nothing uh, against him. Bang, Neuer. Uh, is correct. Bang, Robben. Is incorrect. Uh, not, not correct, sorry. Uh, bang, Neymar. Is correct. Uh, I, have no, I, I have no idea. This is, I, can't, I can't do this. There's two left. There's two no, left. there's three left. There's three We've got left. got five so far. Uh, Jordan, you got anything, mate? You got anything? I've got nothing. People that were contending for the Ballon d'Or recently. Is oh, no, no, because that's after. People that, are, that were contending for the Ballon d'Or recently. Big players. I have no idea. Big players. Bang Mbappe is incorrect. I'm going to have to have give no you idea. a five second. Five, four, three, two, one. Isaac did very well there. <laughs> he got all of the, the big ones at the start. All of the big ones. In a row without him even saying it was correct. It was just like, I bang this, bang this. Well, no, because I knew they were correct. This, is, this is the one, the, like, can I just go back to a couple of episodes ago when I did this exact same question and he went, that's not fair. I'll be honest, I was in a bad mood <laughs> like, and I didn't understand what the quiz was. Looking back, it was completely fair because I thought he didn't say bang in between. I he thought he went bang. bang. No, 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 no. Looking back, what he did was completely fair. I was just in a bit of a. <laughs> so I wasn't. I wasn't in a good place at the time. Moving on. As soon as he did that, I was just like, I'm not going to get in here. Moving so. on. After question three, it's six nil to Isaac. There were three more <laughs> other people that what could that you could have gone with. Anton Griezmann. 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 Anton Griezmann. No, Isaac, that's a point for that. Fernando Torres. Okay. When, when was? Uh, must one of the early ones. And a big one. Liverpool centre back, Van Dijk. Van Dijk. Did he? Van Dijk oh. got into. I thought you would have got that one. I didn't. To be fair. I forgot. He got, did he get third? He was tipped for it. Well, I think I might be in the mud here. <laughs> well, it's six 0 to Isaac after three 0 But don't worry, there's plenty more questions like that coming up. Oh, great. Question four. Brilliant. Oh, fantastic. Messi and Ronaldo both played in and won the La Liga. Messi won the league ten on ten occasions for Barcelona. How many times did Ronaldo win the Liga? Bang. Three. Incorrect. Jordan. Um, Chance to pull it back for Jordan. Ding. Five. Incorrect. You won it on two occasions. I was going to say it's either three or two. Uh, The first one was with Mourinho and the second one was with Zidane. Only twice. I just thought he must have got another one. Question four, still 6-0 to Isaac. The bonus question from question four was going to be Name one of the seasons where Ronaldo won the league, but I'm not going to go and give the bonus. I've just given it away. Question five. The Pachichi trophy is given to the top scorer from a La Liga season. Basically the golden boot, but for for La Liga. Yeah. How many times did Messi win that award? He's obviously at PSG now. He's moved over from Spain. Uh, Bang seven. Is incorrect. Isaac going in first once again. Ding ten. Is incorrect as well. Messi won it eight times. And so it's also being at Barcelona. Question six. It's still six nil to Isaac. Jordan, you can still pull this back. Okay, get out your head. It's still nil nil, mate. All right. Question six. This is a this is another complicated one. So bear with me, and also bear with me if I can't check the answers too quickly. Twenty-two footballers have had the fortune to play with Messi and Ronaldo, and this is as of April this year. Okay, so there could be a couple missing, and I'll tell you now. Ignore me. There could be a couple of players missing. However, this is as up-to-date as I could get it. 22 players have had the fortune of playing with Messi and Ronaldo. I'm going to give away a point for every single player you can name. Who's from played now? Under, from in, t- in time. 
he's played with Messi and Ronaldo in their careers. Uh, bang Garnacho. Oh, I'm so confused. Well, if a Wait, player so has played both. with Messi and oh, Ronaldo. Oh, with both? Oh, with both. Bang okay. Garnacho. He's correct. Seven and twice. Uh, ding. Di Maria. He's correct. It's 7-1. Jordan with his first point on the board. And get a little countdown going because this question could go on for a while. Bang Sergio Ramos. Sergio Ramos is correct. It's 8-1-2 Isaac. He's running away with it, Jordan. Think. Think. Bang Andre Gomez. Oh, bang, Andre Gomez. I said bing. Bang, Andre Gomez. Andre Gomez is correct. Yeah. 9-1 yeah. uh, to Isaac. Come on, Jordan. Think. Think. Who else did you say? Oh, yeah, I got you that one. I'll give you another 20 seconds left for this question. A lot of players left. Bang, Higuain. Higuain yeah. is correct. I have no idea anymore. Isn't it? Because what you're doing is what I'm doing. You're thinking of Argentinians or Portuguese that played in their yeah. teams. And you're just like, that's the only way. Yeah, yeah. Five seconds. Uh, no, I, I don't think I can get another one. You know for a fact there's going to be like ten here. We're like, oh, damn. Yeah. And that is time. It's now ten. I'll be honest, questions I snuck so Andre Gomez so far because I thought 2018 football. Oh, yeah. He was crazy. Oh, wait. Renato Sanchez. Oh, oh God. <laughs> yeah, you literally <laughs> Oh, that's so poor from you. I'll tell you what. You know, so it's not George Bad of Di Maria. He played at Real Madrid so long ago. In my head, I was like, no, he didn't play with him at Juve. He only just moved. <laughs> Renato well, Sanchez, is, <laughs> Sanchez isn't on the list. So they could have been absolutely... Ooh, he I mean, he, he, he is. is. I would have accepted it. Yeah. <laughs> you would have had to <laughs> add it on. because yeah, That was that's Jordan's it. big chance that, to pull it back. A lot of answers on there. Could have really what was it? 3-1. I hate these questions these are, so It's now 10-1 to Isaac. <laughs> these, are, these are some of the players that you could have gone <laughs> so with. Annoying. Gabriel Hines, Paolo Dybala, Deco. Fernando Cago, Garay, Andre Gomez, went, sorry we had that one, yeah. Emmett Larson, Gerard Piquet, Nelson Semedo, Carlos Tevez, Miralem Pjanic, Arthur, uh, Francis Trincao, uh, Pablo Sarabia, Danilo Pereira, Atraf Hikimi, Kaylor Navas and Martin Caceres were all on that list. Piquet's one that I'm, a, that I'm a little bit annoyed about because that's Man United and Barca. Yes, I think that's because Tevez as well. Our trainer for kind of distracted us because we were thinking of Argentinians and Portuguese because there's be not many transfers between like the clubs they've played for. Question seven. Messi has scored 56 hat-tricks across his career. How many has Ronaldo scored? Oh my God. Bang. 78. It's incorrect. It's a good guess, a good guess though. Don't say that. Isaac, <laughs> Isaac likes the... Isaac likes the... Because um, now he's going to go, right, if I go one under or above... Yeah. Like, or above. <laughs> uh, then... 80. Isn't great, it's actually 60. Oh, oh so you've... <laughs> you just, yeah, that's good, a good guess. Good guess. <laughs> 18 off. It's an awful guess. I'd have been better off guessing Messi. Okay. My, my head's gone. This, <laughs> my it is, it gone. is gone. Get in the game, man. There's no there's like chance of coming back. Question eight. Ronaldo and Messi have both played in four World Cups. In one of the tournaments, Messi didn't score. Both of them have scored in every other tournament apart from one where Messi didn't. Which year was that? Bang 2010. That's correct. Yeah. There's the South Africa World Cup. Messi failed to score for Argentina. That is 11-1 to Isaac. I haven't checked what the biggest margin is of a quiz score. <laughs> it probably involved me. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I want to take five points away for that. <laughs> Question nine. Do you want to take like 10 points yeah. off that? <laughs> Just like minus 20. Messi has been sent off three times in his career. And Ronaldo has been sent off 11. For which club has Ronaldo picked up the most fresh cards across his career? Which club? Bang, Think. Real Madrid. It's correct. You're not even trying anymore, yeah. Jordan. No, I'm not. I, it's I'm, it's, my it's head's an obvious gone. one. It's my an obvious my one. head's gone. I kind of waited for you to answer. Question 10. Who's won the UEFA Super Cup more times, Messi or Ronaldo? Uh, Messi. Yeah, it's correct. It's correct. <laughs> Has he? He's yeah. not won the Champions League as much, though. He's won it three times. Ronaldo's won it twice. Finishes 12-2 to Isaac. Isaac absolutely ran away from that. I mean, that my, head, my head was gone after the it's first, a, a the first question. multiple questions. Here's a bonus question. Is it worth 13 It's worth 30 points. <laughs> <laughs> you get the honorary win if you win this. Who won the Champions League first? Bang, Messi. In what year? Oh, what was his first Champions League? Come his, on, you know this one. Uh, his first Champions League was you know oh, uh, 2006. Yeah. yeah. I was great. like, was he in the squad? Yeah, I was, I was taking the bonus if, if, if that helps at all. <laughs> no. Uh, wait, take the bonus, what? Who played them? 
No, yeah, the, the bonus that was, was the bonus. Oh, that was right, yeah. Oh, yeah, the bonus was the whole 2 question. 2 1 against Arsenal to, in Paris. 12 2 2 Isaac on the Messi versus Ronaldo quiz. But that has been season four, episode eight of the Football in Question. Thank you so much for listening, watching, wherever. Get out on the socials, get it everywhere. Like the TikTok, like the Instagram, like the Facebook, the Twitter, everything. Join us in our mission to reach 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, and we'll see you later. Remember to follow us on all of our socials. We are The Football in Question on YouTube and Spotify, as well as TFQ underscore podcast on Twitter. On Facebook, we are The Football in Question. And on TikTok, we are TFQ Podcast. And Instagram, TFQ Podcast.